When you earn your degree online at Arizona State University, you get everything the nation's most innovative university has to offer. The same internationally recognized faculty, the same nationally ranked programs, the same degree. Learn more at asuonline.asu.edu. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris, and I'm just so glad you're here. This podcast is designed to dig below the surface and to hold space for meaningful conversations. We're going to talk about life and love and basically everything in between. This is a place where done is better than perfect, where quality triumphs quantity, and where you can really just come as you are. So go ahead and leave that Superman cape of having it all together at the door because life is freaking messy. Don't I know it, y'all. Now, not only are we going to be real, we're going to have fun too. Scout's honor. I promise you this. I will find any excuse to bring up Beyonce or the latest episode of The Bachelorette. So if you're a new friend, you are so welcome. And before we get started, pause and make sure you're subscribed to the Refine Collective podcast on iTunes so that each week when a new episode drops, it'll download straight to those devices. And if you're an old friend, um, welcome back. Hi there. I already know you're all subscribed and good to go, but would you do me a quick favor? Hop on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and written review. I would be incredibly grateful for that. Now, I used to feel like all weird and awkward about asking you to do this, but then I listened to Oprah's podcast and even she asks her listeners to do it. In the podcast world, those subscribes and ratings and reviews really, really help us. So thank you in advance. You are the best. Finally, if something stands out to you in this episode, find me on Instagram at The Refined Woman or my podcast specific account at The Refined Collective and send me a message. I would absolutely love to hear from you. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. We are starting a new series on The Refined Collective all about fertility over the next few months. As the episodes come in, we are going to be talking about everything from egg freezing to IVF to adoption, miscarriage to really everything in between. And we're starting the series off with IVF and a dear friend of mine, her story and journey through going through 10 years of infertility to finally being in a space where she is a mother of two children and the just unlikely journey to parenthood. And the older I get, the more I realize that, man, having a baby and everything that comes with it is like different for everyone. And it's so full of questions and doubts and insecurities and painful moments that for so many decades were kept in the secret and in the, in the quiet and hidden places. And I think because of that, it created this culture of like isolation and shame as so many people have struggled with fertility, or maybe you're like me and you're single and you're like, I didn't think I would be in my mid thirties single and not a mother at this point. So I wanted to take a dedicated amount of time this season to talk about all things fertility. So get ready for my incredibly encouraging conversation with Faith and her journey with IVF. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. And 
If you know anything about this podcast, or if you just listened to the first episode of 2020, um, you know my new mindset for the year is really taking a stand um, and, and stepping out of jealousy and comparison in my own life and encouraging you to do the same. And one of the biggest ways that I am practicing that is instead of letting someone else's answered prayer fuel my own insecurity or scarcity mindset or a spirit of jealousy, I'm using that as evidence of what God is able to do. And if God is able to answer that prayer, or if that person is able to experience breakthrough, then he can do it for me too. And he can do it for you as well. Um, so in that vein, I am just so excited to have one of my dear friends on the podcast today talking about fertility and her story, because the more time that goes by, the more I realize like, the journey to having a child is not as linear as I used to think. And it can be a hard and painful process for a lot of people. And I know that 2019 was heavy in so many ways for a lot of us. And so I am just ready to share like awesome God stories and awesome miracle stories. And so with that, I want to welcome my sweet friend, Faith Ramos to the podcast. Hello. (laughs) How are you, Faith? Great. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have you here. Um, And so before we get started in our conversation on fertility, people don't know that they already know you (laughs) because we've actually already talked about you on the podcast on episode 67 with Mia Fields, um, Staying Connected to Hope episode. You were a part of her like answered prayer and evidence of what God is able to do in how she met her husband. Yes, yes. So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, she <laughs> is amazing. So hilarious, so prophetic, so just an amazing person. And we were just lucky enough to have met her on a trip that we went to in Israel. And we met her, um, that she was actually friends with the Dursos, who are our, our good friends and our, our pastors. So we met, we connected, we just laughed, we talked, we, we, we stayed connected after that trip. And actually, in that trip, she was always, always full of faith and always prophetic in her journey of where she knew she would be. Like she knew she was going to have a husband someday. So she bought him like a little gift, you know, from Israel. Mm -hmm. And it was just always so like telling of the faith that she had of, of the promises that were put in her heart. And we just connected from there. And we already knew her story of her singleness and and everything that she was going through. And my husband, Angel, and I, you know, we have a, a menswear brand. Angel is very generous and he had has a lot of love for Mia. And he was like, we have to make the tuxedo for her husband. Hearing about all that she's been through and, and the faith that she has for him. And we are in the menswear industry. We were like, we have to make that for him. And um, when she got married, he was wearing one of Angel's creations. So we were very, very blessed and thankful to have done that. That is so cool. <laughs> so I didn't even know that you guys knew each other. And then when I was listening to her story that she initially shared on C3 
Brooklyn's conference. Um, I was, she was like, yeah. And I met these friends, Faith and Angel. And I was like, there's only one Faith and Angel. (laughs) (laughs) There's only one couple named Faith and Angel. And one of the things that stood out to me so much is, and she's one of the people that inspired me to use other people's breakthrough as evidence is as she was waiting for years and years for God to come through on this promise of bringing the man of God that he had for her. She was just busy gathering evidence. And one of the pictures God gave her was her being in a furniture store. And God was like, here's this gift card. You can buy whatever you want, like get whatever you want. As far as like what that meant to her was a husband. Right. And She's looking around and around in this furniture store and realizes finally, she's like, God, I don't want any of this. Mm -hmm. Like, I only want the one you want for me. And I want you to make me something custom. Mm -hmm. And God was like, well, you know, if you want something custom, like (laughs) custom like take a lot longer and they're more detailed. And so are you willing to wait for something custom? And she said, yes. And I think the just so cool how like all the pieces come together is that, you know, you and Angel create custom, yes. <laughs> custom made yeah. for men, which I was like, I just, I think that's why it's so important to like share our testimony and share what God is doing, but also to pray specifically yeah. because God is in the details of our oh, lives. Yeah. Um, he's like, always. Oh, I feel like God's always answering prayers, but we're just being super vague. So we miss right. it. Um, And we're like, oh, God's not active in my life. Right. So I want to talk with you about your journey. You have two precious children now, um, but you, you having Mateo and Mia, like it was not necessarily like, you weren't like, oh, I'm just going to have sex and have kids. Oh yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't work that way for you. Um, So I just wanted to start by hearing a little bit of your story. And even, I love how you and Angel met and your story and what God did there. So I'm just going to let you share about you and Angel, and then we can get into your fertility journey. Sure. So Angel and I I met when we were 18 years old. Um, We met on a college campus. We went to Liberty University in Virginia and that is a Christian school. So basically like there was a girl's dorm and boy's dorm and co-mingling. Um, so, <laughs> um, we had brother and sister dorm nights and it was like one of the first freshman nights and we, we met there. I did have a boyfriend at the time and Angel still kind of pursued me. But my boyfriend at the time, he knew that I wasn't the one and I kind of knew, but he was, you know, sometimes I put my blinders on and 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 think it can be different, but um, it wasn't. I mean, all the signs were kind of there. And then Angel was always just like, oh, that's my, that's my girl, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, so he kind of knew and he pursued me in that way. And our second semester, we were together and... Since then, we've been together. We got married um, when we were 24 and moved all over. We lived in Charleston, South Carolina, got married there, and then to Atlanta, Georgia, stayed there for like four years, and then moved to Miami and stayed there. And we're originally from New York, so um, when we had to grow the company even more, we moved back to New York to to grow the company. And we've been here for uh, five years now. So 
it, that's that's like the the quick gist of it. But <laughs> Angel's, Angel's always been, I was his first girlfriend. He he was kind of like obsessed with me. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I, always I, like, say, I always say, I should be obsessed with you because, yes. you know, when you know, like, it's it's funny because I, I was in a lot of relationships where, you know, maybe I cared more for the guy and stuff. And um, it, this was so different. You know, this was like, you know, I'm everything. I'm the best thing on earth. You know, yeah. like I just felt so different. And like, I, I don't, he is so, he must have loved me because to go through all of my insecurities and still be with with me and still want me after mm. you know my mindset at the time I'm I'm just mm. like it, it must have been God because I know I wouldn't have wanted to deal with me at, at that time <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a funny meme on Instagram that I saw a while ago and it was like if a guy likes you you'll know if he doesn't you'll just be confused yeah oh yeah, <laughs> <I'm so laughs> confused. Oh, yeah. yes and it's like it's so true it's like we as women we're like I don't know does he like me maybe need needs more time or maybe he just needs to see me in this different hat or spinning this different plate. But it's like, no, typically when a guy really likes a girl, he knows and he's going to go yeah. for it. And I feel like Angel is that guy that he's like, I have my eye on the prize. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So yes, yes. It was it was way different than all the other relationships and um I had been in. So I'm very grateful that there was like a distinction. You know, like it was like, wow, this is different. And I knew it kind of going in because of how he treated me and even what he said it, and how he showed it. So I knew right away it was different. So, you know, you you guys dated for a long time. In, in Christian years, that's like a gazillion yeah. Christian years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so you're 24 and you get married. And then it sounds like you guys moved around for a, a long time. Mm-hmm. At yeah. what point did you guys like, were you guys like, okay, we want to start having kids? Like that's on the radar. Um, how old were you at that point? And then what did that process sort of look like? So I think, I mean, we were kind of like gallivanting around, you know, just, you know, single and not single, but married and just without any kids. And we always knew we wanted kids, but we were just kind of like living life together and enjoying life as well. So I guess once we sort of hit our 30s, um, probably when we were like 29, 30, um, we were like, hey, you know, we're not really using protection here. And it's been Mm -hmm. like a while, you know, Mm -hmm. why aren't we like having kids? And it was maybe two or three years after we were married, we stopped using protection. And I didn't think anything of it because it wasn't something I was like, oh, I need to have kids now. I was just more like, Mm -hmm. go with the flow. Like, hey, you know, when it happens, it's going to happen, you know? And like, but I'm not going to block anything from happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like you weren't not not trying. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so probably 2930, we were we were like more specific and hey, let's try. And I'm a nurse, you know, by trade. So I knew to do like the ovulation systems and know your cycles and all of that. So I was doing all of that, like testing my temperature, like, okay, we need to have sex now, you know, like this is our window (laughs) and like, I'm ovulating, let's go. And it just, you know, we would do that for like six months. And then it, it was just like, this is not 
cool. You know, <laughs> this is not fun. Yeah. This is not the way to go. So then we would stop it for a while, you know, and then people were just like, just relax, have fun. And then it'll happen. But like, that's the last thing you want to hear when you're like stressed out about something or something's not happened. And people be like, oh, just stop stressing. Right. And you're like, well, yeah, it's not that easy. I know. I know. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm not stressed. <laughs> I'm not you I'm stressed. fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm relaxing. Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, um, we had to like kind of stop because it was no fun for both of us at that time. And, and yeah, when people would say that, I mean, I know everyone always means well, you know, when they, when they're saying things to you, but you know, you can also receive it so differently depending on what kind of state you're in and if you're on a good day of being strong or if you're on a bad day of being strong. So we were just like doing manual things for a few, a couple years. And then I was like, wow, you know, nothing has come about from this. And people say, you know, give it a year or so. And I was more like, eh, you know, two is fine or whatever. I, I wasn't in a, in a rush but by like after that, I was like, okay, yeah, no, this is some, maybe we need to get checked out. Because at the at the same time, before that, I was kind of like, I'm full of faith. I'm full of like hope that we're going to get pregnant and it's just going to go awesome. And it's just, we needed more time. And then when the time was running up, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I do need to get checked out like medically. And that's still okay. And I'm still a person of faith and I, I still believe in God. But maybe it just looks different. Thankfully, I was supported, you know, in that. And we got checked up in Miami. Um, We started the journey there of why, you know, what's going on, you know, and you have to do different tests and stuff to see what the problem is. And then sometimes there's one issue with you that like, I, I think I had like some kind of polyps or something that was blocking my uterus. So then I had to get that cleaned out first, you know, and they said, well, maybe that was the issue first. And, you know, so then you you do one thing in hopes that it will, will help or that was the answer or that was the problem, but then it did, that wasn't it. So then you have to keep going. It's like a trial and error kind of thing with your medical health too, because you're, you're seeing as as you go. So then after that, we moved. <laughs> we had a big move um, to New York. And in New York, the, the second week we moved, to, we moved to New York for my husband's dream. Like God spoke to him that he was supposed to um, start this company, this menswear company. And he didn't have like experience. He wasn't a business guy. Everyone rejected him from, you know, um, the menswear world. So he started his own kind of company and was doing well in Miami for not, you know, for nothing, for not having so much experience and then came to New York and, and we started in our basement. That second week we hit New York, my mom got sick, you know, she got sick and she was having issues from a past surgery before that. It was one of those things where her stomach was so weak already from her past surgeries that it was protruding out. And it was like basically incarcerating some of her intestines. So she would puke up. If it would get blocked up, she would just puke up stuff. And it it was kind of emergent because then she couldn't eat any anymore. Like she couldn't hydrate herself without throwing up. So that was like the first week. And then she needed surgery. So like I got put back on hold. Angel got put back on hold for a, a bit. And then my mom was first. 
Luckily, her doctors, everything went. It, it went okay. It went. It, it, there was definitely hiccups <laughs> along the way, but she she got better. And then I couldn't find a job. I was a nurse for at least ten years at that time, and I couldn't find a job at that time. So um, I went full time into helping Angel with the company, and he needed it. You know, he didn't have a lot of administrative help, so I was helping him with that. And I feel like that was a god、um, protection for me as well, because during that time when I didn't have like my nursing job, I was with my mom for like three months on on end, going back and forth to like all of her hospital things and her doctor's visits. And then when I was going through IVF, I had that time and flexibility to not have to be at like my job and. Um, my work job and and have to keep doing all these tests. So I feel like God and His knowledge and provision kind of protected me and and plus Angel needed help. So like God works like it's it's not only for like your sake. It's also for like the person next to you and like your other family member. It's like He's like a holistic God. He's just He's looking even more than myself. You know, He was looking、um, for that situation to also bless my husband and my mom. That's the way it worked, and then we started looking into IVF here. And then, like I said, I had to do like different tests, and then go through. Like IVF is crazy because yeah, maybe unpack a little bit of like I feel like people are like oh IVF yes, and <laughs> I really didn't know a ton about it until some of my friends started going through it, and then recently on Instagram, Amy Schumer has been super transparent about her IVF journey, and I'm just like wait. What is this thing that so many women are putting themselves through, like shots and all the things? So, yeah, can you like, can you tell us like, what was it like for you to step into and say, okay, we're going to do like look into IVF? And I mean, even the financial means alone, like so many people can't even afford it. Like, it's a very expensive procedure. It's very expensive. IVF is in vitro fertilization. So there's different levels of infertility. So sometimes they can take like someone's egg and 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 do something with the sperm. There's like different levels. But with IVF, what they have to do is take your egg out and take the sperm out and basically put them like in a petri dish, kind of, and like put them together because the body isn't doing that. And for us, we couldn't do any of the other steps. We only had the option of IVF because both of my fallopian tubes, so both of the tubes that the eggs swim through to go to your uterus when it's it, when it has the sperm in it, both of those were blocked. So even if Angel's like sperm <laughs> like went into the eggs, it. It would. It couldn't go to where it needed to be、um, harvested and birthed and, and and grow. So both of those were blocked. So it was like, eh, eh, no, nothing's going through there. <laughs> and um, and uh, and also Angel had um some issues too with his like sperm counts and and sperm motility. There's like all these things that the sperm has to do to be healthy and to even get to the egg. So the only option for us was IVF, and it's like a twenty-five to thirty thousand dollar, you know, procedure to do surgery to do, and I think it's down now to twenty. But I think at the time for us, it did get down to twenty, and it, it's so crazy for me because this is such a 
you know, they called it like scientific research, if this can actually work, but it's been working and helping birth millions of lives for like 40 years, um, this, this process. So at that point, we were, we were already like, okay, there's nothing else that we can do, you know, like, what else can we do? Uh, There's nothing, there wasn't like a pre thing to build up, there was no plans, it was like this or nothing. But y'all are also like new business owners at the time. And I can only imagine that dropping yeah. 30K yeah. for like a high risk procedure was yeah. like, what was that like? Like, oh, that, I don't know. Was, I'm like, I don't have that money lying around. No, no, we didn't. And, and Kat, we didn't have that money because like you said, we were new business owners coming to fulfill a dream and everything and doing that on our on our own dime. And like, you know, we were we were living like, very, very bare bones. But we just knew that God wanted us to have children because we had the desire in our heart, you know, and we were just kind of like, okay, God, this is what you want. This is what we kind of want. We want, we want this, not kind of, we want kids. Um, but we can't afford this. You know what situation we're in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I can't find a nursing job. You know, um, Angel's business just started. We're like, my mom's sick. Like, there's no mon- extra money for IVF. So we just found out things like that we could do, you know, in the meantime, like get my health up or, or like just the tests or the, pre, you know, whatever pre things that we could do. And then we just kind of just waited because there was we were like, OK, so now we can't do it right now. You know, that was our, our kind of mindset. We can't do anything right now. And Angel knows people and they they we've always been open and transparent about our journey to have kids. So there were a couple of people that actually reached out to us or that Angel reached. I don't know if Angel reached out to them or like they they had already talked about, you know, that we had to do IVF. One guy who was like a multimillionaire wanted to pay for it. And we were so excited because we were like, oh, my gosh, you know, that's amazing. You know, but we I don't know how we can pay you back, all this other stuff, whatever. But God closed that door. And I'm so grateful that he did because. He was like that kind of guy that, you know, is generous when it benefits him, you know, and not Mm -hmm. generous because, you know, so um, God knew that kind of. And I think we picked up on it afterwards, but um, he didn't give to us. And I'm grateful because I think he would have tried to take credit for it, you know, Mm -hmm. and who knows what kind of stipulations would have been with that. This episode of the Refined Collective Podcast is brought to you by my very own free guide for single women, six tips to activate your dating life. Raise your hand if dating as a woman of faith in today's swipe right, swipe left culture has ever felt like a total struggle fest. Or maybe being single in our culture today feels overwhelming, lonely, discouraging, frustrating. And maybe if you're being really honest, It can even feel hopeless. Listen, single gal to single gal, I totally get it. But did you know that doing the same thing over and over again while expecting different results is known as the insanity cycle? Friend, it is time to walk into a freeing, exciting, and purpose-filled season of singleness. It's time to activate your dating life. I created a free guide for you. And by free, I mean zero dollars, 
called Six Tips to Activate Your Dating Life to equip you to shake things up in your season of singleness. You can grab it right now at bit.ly slash TRW dating tips. Now you will walk away knowing number one, the biggest mindset shift that will transform how you show up in your dating life. Number two, I'm going to teach you how to get unstuck in your dating life. And three, I will show you the number one thing you can start doing today that will radically change your season of singleness. And finally, the three things I wish someone would have told me 10 years ago about dating. You don't have to wander around for years like I did, insecure, uncertain, and discouraged about your dating or lack thereof life. So if any of this resonates with you, pause and go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash T-R-W dating tips and grab your free guide. Again, that's bit.ly slash T-R-W dating tips. All right, let's get back to it. So we just kind of put it on hold. We didn't do anything with it. I imagine that was like such a step of faith though. Cause even if it's like, oh man, it might come with stipulations. I can totally see being in a situation where it's like, man, oh yeah, where's this money going to come from? Like, I don't know. Maybe we just say yes to it. Yeah. But it sounds like you knew in your gut that like, that wasn't the way you were supposed to go. Yeah. And I just think that takes like so much integrity and faith to say like, all right, like, this might be a good option, but we're waiting for the best option or we're going to make the decision that's not going to compromise our integrity. I I just think it's like one thing to say that you would walk away from a situation like that, but to actually do it, I just acknowledge you guys for walking away from that because I think that'd be a really hard scenario to walk away from. I think so too. And I don't know if it was because we had other things going on and we weren't as desperate as we thought to to have the kids. So we thankfully were able to wait, you know, on that. But <laughs> but thank God again. But thank God. God is like so amazing because we weren't asking for money. But some someone that was our like group leader in, in church, they knew our, our journey already and they were they reached out to Angel and was like, Hey, come call me. Um, I need to talk to you about something. And Angel thought it was about like their clothes because they've always supported us. And that's something to say about people who who support you and love you. They're always going to invest in you in whatever way that they can, you know, and these were those kind of people. And they called and it's two brothers and they just kept saying, you know what? Um, God put it in our hearts to give you guys money for this IVF. (laughs) And then we were like, what? You know, this is out of like nowhere because we weren't pursuing them. You know, like sometimes you're pursuing something and you think this is the way. Um, We weren't pursuing them and we were just sharing our, our story. And they reached out to us because God had put it on their hearts. And like, literally, we were like, um, we don't know how to pay you back. We don't know when, like, is there interest? Is there what, 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 how does this go? And they were just like, Hey, if you can pay us back, great. If you can't, great. It's, it's, it's yours, you know? And to this day, like, they are the most generous people we've ever like encountered in our lives. You know, like they always help people in need. And when, especially if God tells them, you know, they're really like, I got to do it. I'm being 
like a tool in this story. So, and to this day, they never like even put any guilt on us for, for that they gave us money or anything like that. And they they mailed it out like the next three days. It was like there. We were like, wow. oh my gosh, this is crazy. Yeah. But what I remember what you said, Kat, you said, your aunt said, God's will, God's bill. Yeah. <laughs> so true. And, and it's so true because we had no, we didn't have money for it. We didn't pursue them. We didn't have any plans for that. We were just like, okay, we just have to wait right now. We're like in the season of waiting because they're like, literally, we cannot do anything else. And we're, we were already like 30, 32 or 33, like waiting. Mm-hmm. They say around 35 to 40, you know, like is your time window. And that's why I was getting a little bit more like concerned about doing these things. But at the same time, I knew I had time. I needed to be proactive, I think, in, in doing um, the IVF and stuff. It's even to this day, we're just so grateful for them and that they obeyed God and that they were able to, to bless us with that. It's just that you never know how God's going to provide. You never know what's going to happen. And that's one of my favorite parts of the story. You know, you have this one thing that you're over here believing for, and you're like, how in the heck is this going to, the only way this is going to work out is if like the heavens open up and something falls into my lap. (laughs) And meanwhile, at some other part of the planet, God is like, putting ideas in someone else's mind of like, you should give this person X amount of money, no strings attached. Like, I yep. just love that. It. It's just God is in the details. Um, so I love, I just, I'm, I just want people to hear that part of your story so much. Um, yeah. So, okay. Then you go through IVF and then you go through the process of getting pregnant and, um, I would love for you to share a little bit about like when when you got that those first embryos and and I think something that to me was so courageous about your whole journey is like from day one you shared with people online about it, which I, I think <laughs> is really huge because a lot of uh, there's the quote unquote reason why people don't share until they're is it twelve or sixteen weeks? Like I think it's twelve weeks. Yeah, 12. You're not supposed to yeah, yeah 12, weeks. twelve weeks. Um but so you get this like crazy God gift of tens of thousands of dollars to go through this. Yeah. And then you start going through the process. What was that like? I think early on Angel and I knew that this was God's story. So it wasn't our it was our story, but it was God's story to share that what he was doing in our lives. So to me, I just felt like really responsible to, to kind of share that. Like, even if I knew that I might go through a miscarriage or it might not happen or, or whatever. And I, I kind of counted the cost early on too, because I was like, okay, if we don't get pregnant, like during that time of like waiting on God, I was, you know, you think about other things that do we adopt? Do we foster care? Do we do other things to, you know, it's like in the back of your mind while you're also believing. And I had already settled in my heart, whatever that looks like for us, then, you know, we got to like be flexible with with what God's doing. I don't know. I, I feel like Angel and I just felt like it was something to share, you know, and it, it was something that God was doing. We were always transparent about it. And and it is a tough journey, you know, it's like I was telling you earlier, 
every time you're 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 giving yourself a shot or you have to go get blood work or you have to go take this medicine for like month like a couple months before and then you know then then keep taking the medicine it, like to keep the baby if you get the baby you know you're just you you kind of sometimes i felt in there like oh man why do i have to give myself a shot like why is it this way you know like why is it why does it have to be this way? Why can't I just have a baby naturally and like it not be all this expense and blood work and and pain and all this. But then I had to quickly get myself out of that before I like went down a like a deeper hole of throwing myself a pity party. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I I didn't want to get there because I know my personality can get there. (laughs) So I knew I had to kind of quickly Um, correct that state of mind and just be like, thank you, God, that I could even have this opportunity. Thank you, God, that you've provided the way. Thank you, God, for these wonderful children. Thank you, God, for the future you have for them. Thank you, God, for allowing me to do this and allowing me to share what you're doing through our lives and how you're using other people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I had to switch it right away before I got into like a darker place. I had to get, instead of getting into a fear-based place, I had to get into the faith-based place. And when you want something and it's in your heart and you want it, you have to, you know, it's it's hard to stay on faith-based all the time. But when it's pulling you down, it's like something has to come up again and, and, and say, no, but God is good and God is faithful and look what he's done already. And look how he's protected me and look at what he's, what he's doing. He's not done yet. You got to gather that evidence. Oh yeah. Girl, (laughs) like, like Mia, I was buying clothes for my, my daughter and my son. I was buying and like, and some of them were not cheap. You know, some of these baby clothes were not cheap and I (laughs) boots and I was like, oh, my girl will look cute in those. (laughs) I was like, but yeah, that's expensive. How about if whatever? And, and I think because I said that, not that you have, not that I was like buying everything up, but when I had that in my spirit, you know, like, oh, but what if this and what if that I had to, I had to put my money where my mouth was. And I had to like Mm. challenge myself in that way so that I wouldn't go back, you know? And those were just like moments for me because it would, it would be like, no, God is faithful. However that looks, God is still faithful. So, so get it, you know, even if it, you know, even if it becomes a memory box, if it is a miscarriage, but at least it was a faith moment instead of a fear moment for me to believe for my kids. And so when you got pregnant with Mateo, Mateo Legend, which is like the best name ever. I mean, you and I were in a small group together at the time. And I just remember, I mean, I feel like people said this all the time to you during that season is like, man, this kid doesn't even know how many like hundreds of people have been praying for him before he's even alive. Like the uh, the way people surrounded you guys and the way you guys had the courage to invite community into your story, I think is so powerful because I think for so much of my life, I lived with like, let me lick my wounds in private and then go back out into community, into friends and relationship with others when I've when I'm all better now or when I'm all fine or when I have like, oh, look, look what I, I was going through that, but now I'm better. Um, I just think it took so much courage for you to invite community into that space with you guys. And it's so awesome because it's like multi 
state, you know, <laughs> like crossing lines. Like it started in Miami and like, you know, of course your family prays. I think community is so important. I feel like I didn't want to be selfish to not let others pray for me and then be a part of the story too, you know? And I think that's what, what prayer is so awesome about. And even when you see on Instagram, like people asking you to pray for something and then you say a quick prayer like it's so like, so awesome because the the Bible says like, like the prayers of a righteous man avail us much, you know. So it's like we can pray on our own and God hears us. But when heaven is getting stormed and bombarded with tons of prayers, it's just like you know so beautiful because it's like oh God, you know, not that God ever ignores us, but it's like mm. He has to pay attention because multiple prayers are coming in on behalf of that you know, person. And um, it, it's such a beautiful thing. And you don't want to rob someone else of their blessing. And being able to pray for a friend and for someone when they're going yeah. through something is a blessing, you know, and if you're gathering together for like needs and to, to be in each other's lives and stuff, and I felt comfortable with it because I know I needed it. You know, I know I needed yeah. prayer. So I was like, I'm not going to be prideful or, or just do isolate myself and my own needs, but I wanted to share it. And I was so grateful for those ladies and you were a part of that. And you were there also to help me celebrate the wins, you know, mm -hmm. that's right. That's so awesome. It's like, you can be there when it's like, Oh, I gotta like get blood work again. I feel down or, you know, like, why is this so hard or whatever. But then when we were able to celebrate like, wow, it worked. The prayers worked, you know, or mm -hmm. the prayer was yes this time, you know, yeah. that was so awesome as well. And yes. was able to share it and celebrate it with friends who were praying. Yeah. And it's such a incredible just picture of what community can be and also a rejection of this mentality that's so present in our culture that says, it is weakness to need others. It is weakness to ask for support. It is weakness to mm. show yourself exposed or vulnerable. But really, when you invite other people into, into the uncertainty with you, into your painful circumstances and what you're hoping and believing for, like that, I think that takes so much strength. Mm. Like it's so opposite of what we're taught to like, you know, pick ourselves up by the bootstraps, right. do it on our own, like go off alone and take care of yourself and then come out. And when you have everything together, like, I think it just takes so much strength to remove that mask of, Hey, we don't have it all together and we can't do this alone. We can't do it alone financially, but we can't do it alone spiritually and emotionally. And why would we want to when like God has given us people to do life with? I think there's so much, there is power in numbers. And even just, I love what you just said, like heaven getting stormed by prayer. Like, yes, God does listen to the one, but I'm like, I cannot wait until my wedding day when I am like reading my vows to my husband. I like have this like picture in my head of being like, dude, do you yes. know at this point how many thousands yes. of people have prayed for you? Yes. Like. On Instagram recently, I did uh, a Q&A thing on IG stories and I asked people, you know, what's the breakthrough you're believing for this year? And 
a girl goes for you to meet your yes. husband. And I was like, whoa. So like yes. the biggest breakthrough you're praying for is for yes. me to meet my yes. husband. And I was just yes. like, yes, this is why we share the process with yes. others. It's so empowering to pray for someone else. I don't know. I feel like God was so much about others. You know, it was like a little bit of prayers for himself, but it was so much about others, you know, and Mm -hmm. what can we do for another person? What can we do for that one? What can we do for that person? And a prayer is a powerful thing to do because yes, like heaven's gates, it's like he can't ignore, like if he was busy doing something, if God was busy doing something, but these prayers keep like coming at him, he can't ignore that one. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, and yes. and so that's why and 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 that's the same thing with me and I'm so grateful for is for all the prayers and like like people are so involved and so excited for you because they prayed for you when you pray for someone you're invited into their lives you know and invited into what God's doing in their life and and to see the 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 joys and the hurt you know you're a part of that too and and I feel like we as a community are supposed to be doing that, are supposed to be others focused and offer up our time and our, our precious moments when we do say a prayer for, for others is is like God values that, you know? Absolutely. Oh, so good, babe. 2020 is in full swing and I don't know about you, but I am here for it. I'm also here human to human to ask you for support. Help me friend to help you. The Refine Collective podcast is one of my most favorite projects that I have ever worked on in my career, but it is definitely a labor of love. We have quite a bit of hard cost each month from software and subscription services to my team who edit and produce the episodes to licensing music and running logistics for all things Refined Collective. Now, because of that, I want to invite you, yes, you, to join our Patreon community. Patreon is this incredible platform that helps listeners financially support their favorite podcasts. You can support the Refine Collective podcast for as little as $5 a month. And we made a bunch of fun different tiers that are jam-packed with free goodies and VIP access to our newest content. And you will be notified before anyone else about our upcoming live events. I'll also be going to you first to find out what questions you want answered and what topics you want covered moving forward. So in the midst of a wild year, I want to ask you, friend, if you'd be willing to link arms with my team and me and sharing some of the load and helping make the Refined Collective podcast the best it can possibly be. So if you want to learn more or sign up today, head on over to patreon.com slash the Refined Collective. Again, that's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the Refined Collective. Thank you so, so much for being a part of this community. So I just have a few more questions for you. (laughs) So you have this whole process and, you know, you get pregnant and you're pregnant with Mateo. Like you've already named Mateo. What was it like when you actually met him for the first time? This culmination of this human being is here. (laughs) Yes, I think your heart just kind of (laughs) explodes, you know, and it's in a way that's just, it's so precious and so beautiful. At first I was just kind of like busy, Mm -hmm. just 
getting to like breastfeeding or doing this, or I had to do C-section because he wouldn't turn and all this stuff, you know, but I think once things settled down and I was just able to just be like a mom, my heart just like, you just feel a different kind of love. And that's so precious and so powerful and so united with that soul, you know, and you get it first with your husband. And that's such an amazing journey with a husband because you're learning even more of like selflessness and sharing and compromising and working through things and being patient and being kind and being faithful and the little things. So, I mean, even in your singleness, when you're doing that well, but then when you have a, a, a kid, it's just like, oh my gosh, all of me, like selfish, selfishness has to kind of be put to the wayside because this thing, this baby needs me, you know, like it, it can't do anything on its own. And, and I think it's like the more and more you, you grow into like your own family, it's like the less selfish you have to be, the less selfish you have to be, the more, the more giving you have to be. When I look at my kids and I'm with my kids, the association with God's love for us, it's like, oh, then everything makes so much sense. Like, I don't love you because you can do this, that, that, because you're a great photographer, you're a great artist, or you're creative, or you're such a hard worker. Like, my kids, you know, they're babies. I don't know. They can't do anything. You know, I mean, I think they are like amazing rock stars, (laughs) you know, everything. I'm like, my kids are the best, but (laughs) in time, like they don't have to do anything. And I love them so much just because they're mine, you know, and, and we're, we're family. And, and I just feel even so much closer to God with that because, I don't have to prove myself to God. Like the association is so rich in your community with God for that kind of love. And, and I'm just so grateful that he He reveals himself even more in, in in children and in people and stuff. So I'm I'm just so grateful that he just, like, you know how Christ didn't come to be served, but to serve the less and less of us we have and can be more confident and just like, God's will for our lives. And it's just the more we can enjoy it and the more we can um, just be excited about what he's going to do. Like, man, you know that. And when I look at my kids, I'm like, I can't believe this is my kid, you know, and like how God created them and like, Mm -hmm. like the looks and the features and their personalities and stuff. It's like better than what I could even think of. And same thing with my husband. It's like, I couldn't even pray for him the way, you know, that I thought, because he's better than what I thought I needed, you know, like, and, and, and of course, there's always other things too, like things that you work through and have to go through in relationships and, and all of that. But generally, on a whole, it's like, so much better than what I could even think of for myself. So God's plans and God's ways, I mean, are just so beautiful for us. We can't even imagine it. We can't even see the depths of it. But when we get get them and we we start seeing, it's just like, wow, God, you are way better than yeah. I can ever imagine. Your plans were way better than what I thought. And like those times of infertility are and now I'm so busy with my kids. I can't, you know, <laughs> like I, I don't even remember that time as much of na- the time that I'm in now. And I'm so 
I was grateful that for that time, but now it's like I'm in the season of fertility and fruit and like yeah. busyness and with these little ones. And it's just God will continue to outdo himself. You know, <laughs> it's like, so amazing. What would you say to the person who is disappointed? Sounds like your fertility journey then was like upwards of 10 years um, from the time where you Mm -hmm. guys stopped using protection to, you know, Mateo being born. And so it's not like God didn't answer your prayer overnight, you know, like this was years and years in the making. And so for the person who is like disappointed that their fertility journey is not going the way they thought. And they're afraid of IVF or they're just afraid at every step of the way of, oh my gosh, like, am I going to lose this child? What's going to happen? What would you want to say to her? So for the girl who's, you know, gone through the disappointments of not seeing how God will work it out, I would just say to be encouraged because it just might look different. You know, and the journey just might be different than what it seems. And God is able to do anything, but his will just is so different for everyone. And that um, he's going to take everything and work it together for good, because that's what his word says. And that's what he wants to do in our lives. I think it's just trusting him and having the right perspective and the right spirit um, about it. And even when it's hard to be like, God, I am disappointed. This is really hard for me. But also sometimes sharing it with trusted friends is good because sometimes we can be praying like also we can maybe pray in a new way, you know, and in a different way for ourselves. Um, for for things, um, I know sometimes I pray for like patience or I pray for this, and like my my good friend would be like, no, pray for love. So pray for love so that you can have patience. Mm. You know, pray for more of this, and and that kind of helps too. So the journey's not over, but it it may look different. Just listening to God and and just not giving up on on what He has, and you know, sometimes taking breaks is so good. And, and 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 being mindful of where your your spirit is because I know during those like that decade you know I had to go on and off and stop and go or or be more aggressive or be not because you know I had to kind of keep myself healthy too um, during that but uh, process mm-hmm. but thankfully I had good people around me to kind of just keep me in a healthy place I'd say I. We'll be praying for you because I honestly, whenever people reach out to me about mm-hmm. this, I, I I always pray for them. If even if it's on Facebook, on on social media, or whatever, because when you have gone through something in that ki- kind of realm, you you kind of have authority in it. I do believe that the desires of our heart um, are placed there by God, and that He's doing a work. I don't know how it looks, but he is doing a work and it's so that he can get the praise, you know, and that he can be shown real in our lives. So I just pray for that girl that is saddened that she would 
um, know that she has a good father who loves her and who adores her and has good plans for her and still is working for her good. Um, even if you can't see it, you don't know how it looks like and it, it feels devastating that God still is for you and he still wants to make himself so known in our lives. So um, just to keep our head up and just to keep good people around us so that we are walking in the faith and, and not in our fears. So good, Faith. So good. Um, thank you for sharing your story, not only just right now, but all along the way and every step of the way. And it's every single time I see one of your Instagram photos, I'm just like, this is, it's like a walking answered prayer. Yes. So thanks girl for sharing your story. And if there's any way people can keep along with your story, your family, your menswear collection, how can they follow along? Okay. So um, on Instagram where I am, it's me on my husband's page, but it's really me. Um, <laughs> and it's, um, <laughs> our family is arts. O U R family is arts, all one word. Um, and then um, my husband's brand is 18th Amendment with an underscore. Um, and I'm also under in Facebook with my name is Faith Ramos. And um, I think that's it. I don't have a Twitter or anything else, but those are the the best ways to keep connected. Awesome. Well, thanks, Faith. And it was so good to hear Mateo's voice too. He's so big. (laughs) You have to see him. Amazing. He'd love you. I know. I need to come over. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. If you are new here, maybe you've listened for a long time and there's topics, questions, comments, concerns that you have about what we're up to, follow us on Instagram, The Refined Woman. Send me a DM and I will get back to you and let me know what you want to hear about. Let me know what you want to talk about. And I would love to make that happen for you. Have such a fabulous day. (laughs) Bye.